0: joining us, I'm here with my co-host Steve Shorts. Hi everybody. So happy to have you, everyone is piling in for the official kickoff of Tableau Conference, the Tableau Keynote, one of my favorite parts of the week. I'm sure it is yours as well. You've been doing this for a while, what is your favorite part of this?
1: This is my fifth and uh, I will admit, I am never more surprised than how surprised I actually am.
0: That is a a total cop-out answer. Complete
1: cop-out answer.
0: (laughs) Okay, tell us, but for real, like, what are you actually looking forward to? You know,
1: I, for me, I get a kick out of the customer stories, to hear about all the different ways cool organizations are using data to solve really big hairy problems.
0: Totally, and and you know, we are such a customer-focused company. We absolutely love our customers. You know, they are part of our data fam, um, and so the data fam is coming in strong today. Um, and I know you guys are all watching around the world. So thank you so much. Um, you know, last year we had a pretty big surprise. Speaking yeah. of surprises, we committed over $100 million, that is a lot of zeros, uh, to the Tableau Foundation, and you do a ton of work yeah. with the Tableau Foundation. So tell us a little bit about like where that money goes and how that all works.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Tableau Foundation, we're working with organizations to use data to take on some of the biggest challenges in the world. So whether it's poverty, climate change, uh, equality, gender equality, or um, or global health issues, you know, working with organizations that are coming with really creative new ways to use data to make a real difference in people's lives.
0: That's so awesome. And for those um, of us here on site, um, and then even those that are watching at home, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, how we can get involved, how we can learn more? And, you know, I think there's a lot of people who would love to put their Tableau skills
1: to use for good. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'd say first place to go, tableau.com slash foundation. You can read about our work. You can read about all of our partners and the great things that they're doing. You know, if you're here in in Las Vegas, head on down to Data Village. There's a big setup for Tableau Foundation in the Expo Hall. Um, And then just for everybody, you know, keep being a part of the story. You know, share on social media. uh, Data19 is the hashtag for this year. Yeah, we'd love to hear your your story of doing good with data.
0: That's right. So he's absolutely right, guys. We would love for you to go on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, you name it. Hashtag Data19. You can tweet at us at Tableau. We have been on social for this whole entire time. There's a ton of great content. Lots of people are doing really great things. And, of course, we would love to hear your thoughts about the keynote. Um, We've got a ton going on this week. Like a ton. This is just the beginning like hundreds and hundreds of sessions more than a hundred customers speaking we've got thousands and thousands of people here for our biggest conference to date and i know we say that every single time but it is i mean it's true true. it's it's literally every single time our biggest conference today so i'm not i'm not making it up but um i will be here all week long and steve is actually going to join me right after the keynote we're going to recap what we heard Talk a little bit about, you know, some of the Tableau innovations we discussed. And then I'm going to be able to tell you what you have to look forward to for the rest of the week. So be sure to check us out after the keynote. I think people are sitting down. They're getting excited. They're getting ready. I'm it's getting excited. Are you ready? I'm thrilled. great. All right, great. let's do it. We will see you guys after the keynote. So be sure to join us here on TC Live. Please enjoy. We'll talk to you soon. See ya.
2: dear data you rise to every opportunity to boost our culture the
3: sky is the limit
4: dear data I am captivated by your beautiful possibilities
2: dear data
5: you keep things cool with objective facts and real answers to tough questions. Dear Data,
3: you let me dive into the hard numbers. Because of you, I can make the right connections. Dear Data,
6: you have changed my life and you've helped me improve the lives of others. Dear Data, Thank you
0: for showing me the world in new ways. I've never been more aware of our potential together.
4: Dear Data, you feed my curiosity.
5: Dear Data, you bridge the gaps. Dear Data, you make things
4: clear. Dear Data,
6: You are magical. You help me find and share the stories that matter.
2: Dear Data, I love the way we band together to make the most of every moment.
4: Dear Data, we love you. We are your people. We, we, we are data people.
6: Welcome to Tableau Conference 2019. Please welcome to the stage, President and CEO, Adam Selipsky.
7: Stop me now, I'm having such a good time, I'm having a ball, so
4: stop me now, if you want to have a good time,
8: just give me a call.
7: Wow, wow. Hello Tableau community, and yeah, And thank you for coming. It is so great to be here. This is our 12th Annual Tableau Conference and it's the biggest one yet. Who's here for the first time? That's right. Nice. That's a lot of you. Well, you're now part of the Tableau community. And guess what? We are now more than one million people strong. The way that you come together to to learn from each other, to support one another, to inspire those around you is amazing. I've never seen anything like it. Of course, it's not just at this conference. You're getting together in user groups. We now have Tableau user groups in more than 65 countries around the world, with new user groups in places like South Africa, Italy, Pakistan, here in the U.S., and so many more. Since the Tableau academic program began, over one million students and instructors have brought Tableau into the classroom. That's an entire generation of data natives. And you're taking data to the, to the cloud. In the public cloud, you're using analytics in AWS. And in fact, today we're announcing that we're expanding our relationship with AWS to help make it even easier for customers to move their Tableau analytics onto AWS with a rich partner ecosystem of integrators. It's going to be great. And many of you are also using Tableau in the Google Cloud and in Azure, thousands of you. And recently we announced that now customers can use Tableau running in the Alibaba Cloud. Any public cloud you want to be, we're going to be there with you. But many of you also want a fully managed SaaS solution, and for that we have Tableau Online. Tableau Online now actually has over 15,000 customer accounts with, a, with 100% growth in year-over-year subscriptions. It's incredible growth. And you're sharing your insights with the rest of the community. In Tableau Public, you've now published more than two million visits. That's a lot of, of visits. And those visits have been viewed over 2 billion times, 2.3 billion views. That's a lot of views, right? But just to keep that in perspective, it's actually roughly the same number of views that Adele's video, Hello, has in YouTube. Hello. Thanks, Adele. Since we began, people like yourself have activated Tableau in tens of thousands of customers' accounts around the globe. Leaders in nearly every country, every industry, are using Tableau. In places like financial services, leaders like Morgan Stanley, J.P. Morgan Chase, Charles Schwab, Visa, Credit Suisse. In retail, the Home Depot, REI, Woolworths. That's right, shout it out. <laughs> Tech disruptors like Netflix, Grab, Spotify, Higher education institutions, Harvard, Notre Dame, Oxford University, government agencies like the Department of Veterans Affairs, the Census Bureau, NHS in Scotland, leading nonprofits like Community Solutions and the World Food Program. Whew, I'm tired. <laughs> the number, depth, and breadth of those customers and those use cases is unmatched anywhere. Just as we're creating impact and change with data, you're also telling us that you're finding your voice with data and that it's having a profound impact on you, on your careers, on how you think of yourselves. As you're changing the world, the Tableau community is enabling you to transform yourself. Honestly, we're so privileged that our community shares these kinds of stories with us all the time. It's humbling to hear how you making changes in your lives through the work that you're doing with Tableau. I'd like to share with you one of the most inspiring examples I've seen. She's a five-time Zen master, the CEO of Datablix, and a longtime Tableau community member. Please welcome to the stage Anya Ahern.
3: Do all day as visitors. We take people, de- events, and things deconstructed into bits of data and attempt to reassemble them to find pattern and meaning, tell a story, or make a profit. Is this deconstruction necessary? I got my start in data working for Lufthansa German Airlines, and one day I came to work and this was the scene. We were transporting a circus from JFK to Moscow, and yet with all the mayhem of trying to get an entire circus on a 747, the only data point I cared about was this weight of this beautiful elephant so I could load balance the plane and calculate the fuel needed to fly her home safely. But does this deconstruction dehumanize data? We've all seen hundreds of visualizations like this, dots on a map. How do you feel about these dots? They could represent anything. But these dots come from Tableau Foundation partner Splash, who work to bring clean water, sanitation, and hygiene to children living in urban poverty. Let's focus on one dot and what it actually represents. This dot represents a bathroom. Or more specifically, a trash can in a bathroom stall that doesn't exist. Now, when I say bathroom, we might all picture something clean and nice like this. But this specific bathroom actually looks like this. And it's located at a secondary school in Nepal. And the total number of trash cans is zero. But there are 435 female students attending this school. And because there is no trash can, These girls can feel shame and discomfort, have potential reproductive issues tied to hygiene, or may even choose not to attend school at all, thereby affecting their future. Now, how do you feel about that dot? And how do you feel about the power of your voice to have an impact? You can be the voice of change and the voice for those who may not have one. Everything in Tableau is a translation of life. And you can use the power of your voice in so many ways. Tableau gives us the voice of a humanitarian. Volunteering to support the Tableau Foundation, I've been able to work with the real heroes on the ground, working with organizations like the World Food Program as they feed the hungry, or PATH as they work to eradicate malaria, or the dream team in Kasumu, Kenya, who work to give girls a future where they are empowered and AIDS-free. Tableau gives us the voice of a mentor. I spent lunches volunteering at elementary schools, teaching girls that a career in data can be fun and glittery, and providing internship opportunities for students like Ruby Parrish. Tableau is the voice of a community. Who here belongs to a Tug? (laughs) I head up the San Francisco Bay Tug, the best one, and together we get to work with some of the most exciting and innovative companies in the world as we work to learn and master Tableau together. Tableau is the voice of collaboration. I reached out to this amazing community on Twitter with a simple question about mapping and met Alan Walker. We volunteered on several projects remotely, and a few years later, met at a Tableau conference. And yes, Tableau, you found me my boyfriend. (laughs) Tableau gives us the voice of an advocate, supporting organizations like the Nuclear Threat Initiative as they worked to visualize weaknesses in biosecurity and safety systems in order to strengthen the partnership with countries in the fight against the spread of weapons and disease of mass destruction. Tableau can be our inner voice. I created this introspective piece to examine the mountain of products that I used on a single day. It helped me ask why my wants were so much greater than my needs and if I simply could do with less. Tableau can give us the voice of an artist. I wanted to understand if. Techniques like lighting from photography and movies could be applied to dashboards to draw the user's eye to what is truly critical. Tableau can give us the voice of an entrepreneur. I started a consulting company, Datablick, with my own Tableau Dream team, and we have proudly built dashboards and provided Tableau training for some of the largest organizations in the world. Call us. (laughs) And Tableau can help us with the voice of a parent. My son, Max, really wanted his engineering project to do well at Science Fair. And again, we reached out to the Tableau community and found blog posts that helped Max be able to build his project showcasing the efficacy of IEDs to detect, or sorry, the efficacy of heat sensors to detect IEDs. But I'll let Max tell you about it. Hi, my name is Max, and this is my...
7: From my engineering project last year. And Tableau gave me a voice of an engineer of the future.
3: (laughs) And so when I look back at all the amazing ways that I have been able to use my Tableau voice, I am astounded. How will you? Use yours. Thank you.
7: And then spread it again. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Come back, come back. Thank you, Anya. She's amazing, right? That's right. I love the elephant story. All right. Thank you, man. Thank you, Anya. And the work that we're doing together with Splash is so impactful. In fact, we're expanding our relationship with Splash, and we're going to help together to provide clean water to over a million children in the coming years. I'm really excited about that. (laughs) What we're doing together is changing the world, and data is at the heart of that transformation. It drives how we work and how we relax, what we produce, what we buy, what we discuss and how we decide. In the office, on the road, at home, data is vital everywhere. And With all that data, the ability to analyze it is imperative and it will be ubiquitous. Analytics is going to become ubiquitous. We can see it happening all around us. But the reality is that simply having all that data available and having analytics available is not enough in order to realize the benefits, to capture the opportunity. We need everyone to value analytics, to seek out data, and then use it to drive action. What we really need is a data culture. Now, that phrase might be fairly new, but the ideas aren't. I recently came across a story with incredible parallels to what we're talking about today. It's a story about individual heroes who came together as a community. It's a story of empowerment and a story of impact that changed the world around us. Let's go back almost 80 years to 1941. War is consuming the world. The United States refuses to engage. Until December 7th, 7.53 a.m., a surprise attack on the U.S. naval base in Pearl Harbor decimates the base. One day later, the U.S. is at war. Pearl Harbor makes it clear that the U.S. government faces a terrible deficit in military intelligence. They are going to war virtually blind. Just imagine, overnight you're at war on two fronts. You've just suffered a devastating blow and you have no idea when or where the next attack might occur. Where is it planned? Yet every detail they could possibly want to know about the enemy's plans is floating around in radio messages, there for the taking. But the messages are encrypted, and the military had almost no one who could decode them. So what did they do? It all starts with secret letters. One went to a history major, another to a mathematics major, English, Italian, and so on. Twenty-one letters to seniors at just one college in Massachusetts. In fact, the Navy sent letter after letter to college students across the eastern seaboard. The letters invited them to a clandestine meeting. Meanwhile, at the same time, the Army recruiters fanned out and began began scouring colleges across the South and the Midwest. Every person they interviewed was asked two screening questions. First, do you like crossword puzzles? And second, are you engaged to be married? If they answered correctly, yes to puzzles, no to marriage, they were invited to train as code breakers for the Army and Navy signals intelligence units. The task ahead of them was daunting. They faced a deluge of encrypted enemy messages, literally thousands and thousands of messages flooding in each day and not close to enough people to make sense of it. The U.S. is hemorrhaging workers. Thousands, hundreds of thousands of men each month shipping out. Literally half of the workforce, 50% of U.S. men aged 20 to 49, left jobs to serve. So taking the traditional approach to finding recruits for this kind of work was futile. The government had to completely rethink who could be a code breaker, or they were sunk. So the intelligence units took a dramatic new approach. They started to recruit women. Those schools in the South and the Midwest were women's teaching colleges. that college in Massachusetts, Wellesley College. That's right. My wife will be happy. The letters went out to seniors in the Wellesley class of 1942. Women like B Norton, Elizabeth Colby, and Gloria Bassett, along with many, many others, they accepted the challenge. And when they arrived in Washington D.C., they became became America's secret weapon in the war. They became code girls. Until author and journalist Liza Mundy wrote this book, the story of these women was conspicuously untold, buried really. Some of these women came from low-wage teaching jobs in 200-person towns. They showed up in Washington DC with a bag, and the promise of a job, and basically nothing else. They were brave and they were some of the best and the brightest we had and they ended up playing a crucial role in the outcome of the war. But remember, this was the 1940s. And at times, they were still asked to wash windows and get coffee. They were underestimated, they were harassed, and yet they rose above it all to save this country. And Liza Mundi uncovered and shared this moving history. Now, there's a second story inside this book about a time when the fight for this country, for the free world, went from having the best military strategy to having the best military intelligence. And even though the details of the story are rooted in the past, so many of their challenges are familiar to us today. Because this is a story about data, about people seeing and understanding data, about building a data culture, and about how that changed the course of history. The decision to recruit women meant that intelligence units were able to double the potential talent pool. Men were on the team, too, but now the military had a shot at making use of those piles and piles of captured enemy messages. <clears throat> Each month, more codebreakers flooded in. The Navy headquarters became so overcrowded that some sat on upturned wastebaskets. And they didn't just find any women to do this work. They found incredible women women who became data rock stars.
1: <clears throat>
7: this is Ann Kara Christie. She was a 23-year-old college grad with an English degree, and she was an absolute natural. Anne not only rose to lead a critical code-breaking team, she went on to be named the sixth deputy director of the National Security Agency and received a presidential award just imagine missing out on that kind of talent because of bad assumptions about who could break code, who could analyze data. Sometimes I get pushed back when I talk about analytics becoming ubiquitous. You don't really mean everyone will work with data, right? You don't really mean the hundreds and hundreds of millions of knowledge workers in the world, right? We Absolutely, do. There are Anne Caraccristi's hiding in all of your organizations, and the sheer volume of data, the volume of need, is so large. The data must be for everyone. It's such a crucial piece of a data culture. Okay, back to our code breakers. They've got the people they need to do the work, but now they've got a new problem to solve. How on earth do you start to figure out how to make sense of this? This was entirely new stuff to the codebreakers. They weren't trained for this. And like any time you ask a group of people to start doing something completely new, the military had to teach them. They had to teach the new recruits to speak the language of code. They had to help them become proficient. The women went to formal training, and they also had to learn on the job the volume, the barrage of incoming messages, forced this. Of course, not everyone is going to be an Kara Christy Zen master, right? But they didn't need everyone at that level. What they needed was many people working at all levels of sophistication. They needed hardcore code breakers, ferreting out algorithms and keys. They needed smart analysts, figuring out and identifying which codes applied to which messages. And they needed an army and a navy of workers who could dive in and decode each individual message. What they really did was set up the code breaking equivalent of data scientists, power analysts, and business units. everyone working with data but at different levels of complexity. By taking this multi level of approach, the US government was able to scale from a couple of hundred code breakers in 1941 to 20,000 trained, effective military professionals less than four years later, and the majority of them were women. How many people today, smart, capable people, look at data and feel like it's as incomprehensible as those military ciphers we just showed? If we're going to get an entire workforce to value data, to use it for daily decision-making, then we must invest in data literacy for people at all levels. Now, the next issue that the military intelligence units faced was that they were caught between two competing and powerful needs, access to data and and security. Balancing between those needs, required agility. Many people needed access to all sorts of intel, tens of thousands of people working on different questions, and you couldn't preordain what information someone might need to crack a code. And they were dealing with the World War II equivalent of what we call the data deluge. Thousands of messages each day, and all of this information had to be accessible. Here's a great example of why. This is the PURPLE machine. we go back, please? This is the PURPLE machine, one of the most critical enemy code systems of the entire war. PURPLE contained the most sensitive messages in the Pacific, and with four movable rotors and 25 changeable switches, it could be set to any of 70 billion permutations. It was nearly indecipherable. But PURPLE was broken. Because this codebreaker, Genevieve Grotian, was able to access a set of old messages sent in another system. Those old messages held the clue, the pattern, the cracked purple wide open, and that access was critical. But they couldn't give everybody access to everything. We're talking about state secrets. Any kind of breach would be treason. And it could cost lives, maybe even the war itself. So, the information had to be secure. The government performed stringent background checks and they managed access to information based on the work groups that the codebreakers were assigned to. But within work groups, the access was broad. By knowing when they should say no, they were able to say yes. Now, this issue is still alive and well today. You need empowered knowledge workers and safe data and an environment that gives the agility to find that balance. Okay, so the intelligence units have the people. They've trained them. They're figuring out access and security. But how did they bring it all together to form a data culture? Well, cultures are made of people. And the people doing this work at the beginning were almost totally siloed. Navy accused Army of poaching their code-breaking recruits. Army accused Navy of stealing credit for their work. And the British intelligence units looked at our early efforts and described it as a bunch of kids playing at office. Code-breakers had to change that. They had to share resources, strategies, brain power, and they did. Regardless of hierarchy or team, Everyone would push up their sleeves and jump onto whatever task was urgent. They would share messages across service lines and they achieved critical wins as a result. Sure, there was internal competition. They were human and proud of the work that they were doing. But first and foremost, they were a team. They were a community focused on a mission. Belonging to that community, those code breakers fundamentally changed how they saw how these women saw themselves. Louise Pearsall, who worked on the German Enigma Code, said, this is where I should have been all my life. Or this story about another codebreaker. Love this story. Jean Pugh was a Navy codebreaker. Decades after the war, she was watching a 60 Minutes episode about the Battle of the Coral Sea. After the show described the code-breaking efforts that actually led to the win, Jean turned to her family and said, well, I guess I can tell you what I did during the war now. Her husband began explaining that she had been a secretary. When Jean interrupted him, no Harold, my girls and I broke that code. And then she hopped up and high-fived everyone in the room. Amazing. This was the most fulfilling professional experience of many of these women's lives, and they formed enduring friendships. The results speak for themselves. The code breakers delivered exactly what the U.S. government needed most. Trusted insight at speed and at scale. How many of you have heard of the Battle of Midway? A few, I'm surprised not more because uh, actually, a Hollywood blockbuster about this opened literally just last week, seriously. So, as you all know, it's a story of how Nick Jonas from the Jonas Brothers saved America. <laughs> Actual movie picture. Thanks, Nick. In truth, Midway is still one of the most famous code breaking wins in history. It was supposed to be an ambush against the US, and it became instead a crushing blow to the enemy, all enabled by U.S. codebreakers. Because of their work, the Navy knew more about the enemy's planned attack than most enemy commanders and officers did. It was a turning point for the war in the Pacific. It was just one example of the impact that these codebreakers had. Everywhere everywhere we were fighting, the codebreakers were pivotal. The impact these women had was unfathomable, and we owe them a debt Of gratitude. And I also want to thank Liza Mundy for finding and telling the story. In fact, we are honored to have Liza with us here today. Liza. Well deserved. So in an analog world without computers or databases or any of the technology that we have today, these codebreakers created a data culture, a culture around working with data. Now, if they could be successful in creating a data culture all the way back in the 1940s. Why do so many of us struggle with it today? And we do struggle. Only 24% of companies can even readily access all their data. 8% of companies are actually achieving analytics at scale. 8%! Many of you tell us that your organizations are working with data, they're trying, but it's not really part of the DNA of your companies yet. Yet we know you're hungry to use data to improve how you think, how you operate, how you make decisions. Building a data culture is not easy. It requires enormous change throughout the organization. So if we're going to fulfill our mission, we have got to help with this. To build a data culture, we know that you need to build communities to help people feel united and supported. You need to develop the agility to enable responsible access to govern and secure data. And you need to improve data literacy and analytics proficiency, so you can really in- equip an entire workforce to use data effectively. These were the critical elements that enabled the code breakers in the 1940s to create a data culture, and it's no different today. It's only when you get all of these things right that you can unleash the potential of all your people and all your data. Otherwise, you're going to miss out on the Ankara Christie's of the world. Can you imagine? Well, we've been working to crack the code on how to do exactly this. We've taken what we've learned from over 15 years as pioneers in the BI industry, from years and years of deep, frank conversations with customers, and the successes you've built, the struggles you're facing, and what still lies ahead. We've gone beyond creating a high-level sketch because we know that what you need is specific understanding on how to achieve a data culture. So we created Tableau Blueprint. Love it. Blueprint is the culmination of everything we've learned about what works and what doesn't in creating a successful data culture. Blueprint provides a vision of what a data culture looks like. It's also a guide on how to achieve that vision And it's also a tangible set of best practices and a detailed set of actions to help you get there and help you assess your progress along the way. We started working with customers on Blueprint already, and they're incredibly excited about how it's helping their organizations to build a data culture. And here at TC, there are tons and tons of opportunity to learn more about Blueprint and a lot more resources online. We're privileged to work with customers who are leading the way in scaling analytics and creating that data culture, and we're lucky to have one of them joining us on stage today. So please welcome Danielle Berenger, Nissan, North America's chief data officer.
3: Takes, Sorry.
9: Good morning. I'm so excited to be here today to share the spirit of Nissan, which is innovation and excitement for everyone. This means making cars that are more efficient, more beautiful, and more innovative than ever before. It means making technology and services that change the world. Our mindset of innovation applies to our products and to how we deliver exceptional customer experience. We are a technology company that moves people. We are driving digital outcomes at every level of our business, and we're using data to reach those outcomes faster. Our journey with Tableau began four years ago as we faced significant changes in the automotive market and across all lines of business. We had an eye on our future state and a desire for agility to get there. However, with a proliferation of data, most days felt very overwhelming. The challenges on the left were a critical tipping point for us to take action for competitive advantage. Staying relevant in the eyes of our customers and using data as a strategic asset was paramount, and creating a new data culture was essential. Today we are reaching that future state. We didn't have Tableau Blueprint when we began our transformation, so we created a grassroots framework. It wasn't easy to change people's mindset. We had to challenge legacy actions and ingrained behaviors around data. Time and resources were scarce. We had to show quick wins that would garner attention across the company. It's very exciting for us to actually see Blueprint now. It validates how we shaped our data culture. It resonates with me particularly because it begins with advocacy and data awareness. We've used Tableau to frame these activities and an engagement strategy to reshape how the business and IS work together on the best data-driven outcomes. What always felt like a brick wall between IS and the business has been taken down. Instead, we built a bridge out of data. Tableau gives us that platform to have a contextual data conversation, a gateway between our teams that helped our company evolve. Establishing company-wide data literacy sets us all up for a better way to consume data beyond a sea of spreadsheets. Tableau is the visual catalyst to help employees have that aha data moment. That flicker of data cognition, which then turns into deeper data understanding, is what our company needed for success in the digital world. Today, everyone can do data, talking the same data language and collaborating in entirely new ways, regardless of the department that they sit in. An emphasis on data management, data certification, and citizen development requires a rethinking of the roles within each organization. We have found that refactoring people's old jobs has been well-received, by both leadership and HR, especially when we show the business value of their collective output. At Nissan, we kickstart projects through a data discovery process, so we all move in unison together and decrease data wrangling effort. Centering ourselves around trusted data from our data catalog and our visualization catalog is the most essential step in democratizing data across the enterprise. Empowering IS in the business to focus on data-centric tasks then becomes part of your company's DNA. At Nissan, we use a progressive support model to help our Tableau community. It serves all levels of skill with a blend of online, on-site, and premium support that we consider essential to our success. Our newest support addition is our internal Tableau champions group which gives us a creative way to crowdsource help for new users by tapping into our more experienced developers. It is crucial to offer support stepping stones that help your newest users, as well as those working towards becoming Zen masters, all while removing IS as the bottleneck. I am very thrilled that we've got 18 team members from Nissan here today. <laughs> who are advancing Tableau and serving as our data evangelists across the company. They are the proof that data moves us to do great things. The value of Tableau Visual Analytics at Nissan is pervasive. We have so many fantastic use cases across every line of business. These early adopters have yielded significant savings to our bottom line, millions of dollars. And we have used that momentum to take our Tableau community even further Nissan leadership is embracing Tableau Visual Analytics, and they are evolving their decision-making based upon it. In manufacturing, who's optimizing in-plant operations, vehicle-connected services who are mining telematics data, and quality and after sales who are anticipating customer needs and predicting vehicle maintenance. Each of these success stories relied on curated data sources, ownership by business citizen developers, and collaboration across business and is for sustainable value today our operations are rooted in data literacy we extend our reach through broad distribution of tableau the enterprise adoption of tableau can be seen at our headquarters at every affiliate location at every plant across north america we have enabled tableau mobile for on-demand access and we have implemented Dealer facing Tableau to support our vast network of employees at every Nissan and Infiniti dealership across the country. Thank you. Supply chain management, we're visualizing domestic and Mexico transportation networks. On the North American production line, we're using heat maps to enhance our monitoring of production to reduce defects and enhance the safety in the plant for our employees. In the field, we use Tableau to support our dealership employees who are tracking sales effectiveness and optimal vehicle delivery and service to our customers. For our customer journey, we're monitoring consumer interaction with our website content and social media to drive a customized online experience. And in risk management, we're improving logistics and shipping and reducing GNA costs. In the heart of our business around vehicle quality, we're monitoring real-time repair orders and telematics for predictive maintenance and to enact decisions in the service bay and on the road for our customers. The feedback loop to engineering and research also helps us have better durability for our next generation vehicles. Beyond North America, we now have global unity on data context. We're sharing visual analytics worldwide and attaining data synergy we've never had before. Through data, we are improving our product offering recalibrating our business processes, and reimagining how we engage with our employees and our customers. Our data incites us to action, to challenge the norm, to uncover opportunities. This data momentum helps us thrive and keep pace with maturing demands. Where are we headed? We're embarking on data ops, advanced capabilities for machine learning. We're tackling CCPA and metadata management have cloud initiatives, and are expanding our Tableau infrastructure. We're using data and we're rolling out the newest features of Tableau. So I have one question. How does data move you? This week can accelerate you into action for your company to a new data destination with Tableau. Nissan is innovating and evolving at a very rapid pace, and now We are not only visualizing our data, we are visualizing our very bright future. Thank you.
7: Thank you, Danielle. It's it's so impressive to see how data is being used to bridge between IT and the business, the parallels between the code breakers in the 40s and what Nissan's doing today. Really interesting. Thank you you so much for joining us. Thank you. So, there's one other thing we haven't talked about today. So, many of you may have heard that this summer we became part of the Salesforce family. It's an historic combination, and we are beyond excited about all of the possibilities to help build amazing things for our customers. So I'd like to dive into that a little more deeply. So I'd like us to hear from one of our newer community members. Now, he officially became a Tableau data rock star this summer, but he's been passionate about the power of data to help achieve transformation his entire career. So please join me in welcoming Chairman, Founder, and Co-CEO of Salesforce, Mark Benioff.
2: Love you. Alright.
8: Just give me a call. Stop Good time. Stop Good time. I don't want
7: to stop So, Marcus, your first Tableau conference, what do you think?
8: I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Is everybody loving it? Wasn't that great? Wasn't that inspiring? Those customers were so inspiring in that story. Wasn't that story great that Adam told? Incredible. Well done, Adam. It's uh, your first exposure to the communities.
7: So that uh, uh, must be an interesting comparison for you, because for you you've got a pretty good community uh, that you've, uh, we've all been building up over the past years.
8: Well, I'll tell you, it's a familiar feeling, very familiar feeling. You know, I think the most important thing is uh, happy, successful customers, and you know, and you see these incredible visitors, or we call them trailblazers. I mean, it's very, it's very familiar to me, and. How many people here have been writing visits? Raise your hand if you're, you've written one actually, written, done something with the product. Amazing isn't it? How many of you have published something in Publictableau.com? Raise your hand. Isn't that amazing? Congratulations uh, to all of you. Yeah, It's, it's a fantastic resource. Yeah. That, that's a very resource. familiar feeling for me. How many of you have Salesforce in your companies? Anybody have Salesforce? All right, one or okay. two. There's a more yeah, just just one or
7: two. Yeah. One or two, I do have it. So that's <laughs> one good. or two like, yeah. you know, or or multiple millions, something that's like good news. something like that. Right. So, uh, Mark obviously Thank we Thank began... you for putting
8: our characters on the screen by the way. that have <laughs> got Einstein, Love Castro. Love the Critters, Love the do you Critters. Have a, do you have a character yet? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, that's uh, That's for us, you know. We we have characters.
7: Yes, that's, uh, that, that's TBD. It's under a
8: uh, hot and heavy discussion. Well, I think the community probably should choose. I think we need it. A- you know, what, are we, what is it going to be? Probably an animal from the northwest is my guess. I would think that would place.
7: be fitting, yeah, given yeah. Uh, given like, our, our, our august location in, uh, in Seattle. What's the most popular yeah. sea
8: life that's up there?
7: Uh, maybe the, uh, the orca. The orca could yeah. be Yeah. Uh, have an orca. We like our salmon in Seattle. Salmon. as well. We could have a,
8: yeah. we could have a salmon character.
7: Yeah. And uh, for whatever yeah. reason, the North, uh, the right. C- Seattle in the northwest yeah. is very big on Sasquatch. So I don't know if that counts or not. Sasquatch?
8: Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you have an idea on what the if you have an idea on what the character should be that represents Tableau, and you're part of the community, now is the time to influence Adam. So you should email him. Or get on Twitter and say, Adam, I want the Sasquatch, I want the salmon, I want the orca. Or if there's another animal, any other animal ideas out there? Some seals, I heard.
7: So so, uh, so, so Mark's cell phone number is, oh.
8: (laughs) What's that? There's one dolphin. (laughs)
7: That's pretty good. That's pretty good. So, uh, uh, Mark, you know, we, we obviously uh, you and I uh, started talking months ago, and that was that was fantastic. But what what interests you about Tableau? What what caught your eye?
8: Well, I could felt like we could fill in the character motion for you. <laughs> and that, that would be tremendous value it's for you. It's a good, you good start. Your, you know, I I don't think for Salesforce there's very many companies in the industry that are so much like us, that feel like us, that act like us, that have customers who are our customers um, where there are so many similarities and values so many common values between the company you know one of the things that's so important to us is equality Uh, I'm so impressed by how you opened your keynote with a huge emphasis on gender equality so many gender equality stories and this is a critical part of what we do at Salesforce as well equality is our core value and gender equality well for me gender equality starts with pay equality. So at Salesforce we're constantly ensuring that pay equality means that we pay men and women equally for equal work at Salesforce. It means that we audit that that we do audit that every year. And you know we've gone through some troubles with that. You know we realized we had a gap and we had to fill it in. In fact we've now paid out more than 10 million dollars as our own analytics, and hopefully you'll be able to help us with this, make sure that we do pay men and women equally. And that's extremely important to Salesforce And it gets uneven for us because, you know, we've combined with many other companies, not just Tableau, and different companies have different cultures or different pay scales, um, different technologies. But when you do buy a company, you do get their pay scales. And so then it becomes your pay scales and we have to go and make sure that we have you know, gender equality throughout. So it's extremely important to us, and I think the way you've opened your keynote is very much an, a, a core alignment with us and our core values. When we think about Salesforce's core values, it's about trust, the trust we have with our community. We call them the Ohana, you know, but our community is our employees, our customers, our partners, and I have to be honest with you, what we call all of our stakeholders, that, that includes even you know, San Francisco and Seattle both have a terrible homeless problem. We're working on that very aggressively at Salesforce. That They're a stakeholder of ours. I, when I walk to my office every day, I'm looking into the eyes and the hearts of people who are on the streets. How can they not be a key stakeholder for us? I walk by public schools and I see kids in our – the schoolyards. Those are our key stakeholders. Our our core value is the trust that we have with all of our stakeholders. and. You know, for I think for a lot of CEOs like you and me, you know, the most important thing that we were told in business school. You you went to a very good school. What was that? Uh, it was uh, in uh, uh, Boston, Massachusetts. Boston, Massachusetts starts with an H, That's ends with a D. <laughs> and I went to a good school that has a football team. Actually, at USC. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, but, and some
7: and some of them actually play football. You know. <laughs> okay.
8: But here's the thing. Very good. Now, <laughs> but when I went to business school, you know, they said, hey, <laughs> you just want as a CEO, you just want to focus on a shareholder return, you know? And so, and we've had a very good shareholder return at Salesforce since 2004, you know, if you bought our stock when we went public, we've had a 3,500% shareholder return. It's just fine. But we're also very focused on having a good stakeholder return. That means that we, you know, give four hours a month for all of our employees for volunteerism. That's turned into four million hours. Uh, Back to the community, we've given away about $400 million in grants. And we run 40,000 nonprofits and NGOs for free on our service, and we're deeply committed to the planet. The planet is actually a key stakeholder. We're a net-zero company today, and we'll be fully renewable by 2025. So, uh, it's easy to see your
7: passion on these issues. Uh, you became, I think, again, a best-selling author recently, writing the
8: book Trailblazers. Is, is this passion what inspired you to write that book? Well, this is why I wrote the book Trailblazer, because what I found was that when I was speaking with other CEOs and tried to communicate some of the ideas, I had to really tell them a lot of stories. And these stories are not in the modern business books. And Peter Drucker really said it best. He, he said, culture eats your strategy for breakfast. And what that means is that it's these core values that are so important and transcend even the technology, because you've got fabulous technology and it's amazing. But we know that when we come back to Tableau Conference 10 years from now, this technology will be obsolete and there'll be new technology here. But let me tell you what will still be here, the core values of your organization, this beautiful energy in this room, that's coming from the community. You know, that's what's important to me. That's what I want to make sure that we continue to nurture and focus on. And then the manifestation of that is the technology, and then we have to use it for all of our stakeholders because at Salesforce we're deeply committed to improving the state of the world.
7: So, Mark, what do you think the future for... That's. I agree with that. Thank you. I, such an important mission and, and, and that uh, that culture of alignment was so important you know, to me and I think to you as well as we really got to know each other you know, in, in the past months. Um, so what do you think the future for Tableau looks like in partnership and combination with, uh, with Salesforce?
8: Well, I think that very much we're at the beginning stages of that and I think that the, the power of that will come from our customers. That's why I was so glad to walk the trade show last night and be part of the opening reception. And just talk around and I met many of our customers and talked to them and asked them, you know, what would you like to see? I think that we're at a moment in time now because we're at the beginning. We have a lot of ideas, things that we can do to be able to kind of, I would say, look at how do we, you know, how do we help our customers become even more successful with these two incredible technology product lines. You know, we're so committed to customer 360. You know, you just had one of our beautiful customers up here in Nissan. We're trying to give them a customer 360 so that we help managing their sales, their service, their marketing, their commerce, their communities, their platform, their applications, the integration between all of their data sources and their analytics. And I think that as we try to look at our vision for the future, which is how do we help our customers be more connected with their customers than ever before? That's That's what Salesforce is all about. We're only about one word, customer. Just like you've really only been about one word, analytics. And I think that that is so powerful. And now if we could bring those two ideas together, we have customer 360 over here, and we have data over here. So when you look at those two things, well, I'm not gonna give away too much of my Dreamforce keynote, which is gonna be next Tuesday, but Next Tuesday, you know, that's we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Customer 360, and we're going to talk about, well, you see it on the side. We love data. Wonderful. Well, we can't r- wait to roll
7: straight from Tableau Conference onto uh, Dreamforce next week, and uh, we share that absolute passion for customers, the relentless customer focus, and it's all about these people, uh, and we are really excited about uh, helping to serve them together, th- so thank you. we We're thrilled to be yep. part
8: of the Tableau right. family, and again, if you have an idea for what the Tableau character should be as Tableau joins Salesforce, make sure you get on Twitter and hit up Adam on there. There you go. As we're looking forward to hearing from you. Thanks okay, very much, guys, everybody. Give
7: it up for Mark Benioff. Looking forward to the rest All of right. the keynote. Great job.
8: All All good job, right.
7: you know, uh We have uh, the privilege of having a lot of you know, great colleagues from Salesforce here today. Uh, we're lucky also to have uh, Keith Block, uh, Salesforce's co-CEO. Keith, thank you for being here today. And a lot of others. I see Brett and Stephanie. I can't see everybody else. But uh, thank you all for being here with us today. So uh, I'm also personally really excited about sales, how Salesforce is going to help accelerate Tableau's innovation. Yeah, our mission helping people see and understand data remains unchanged and we're only gonna go faster as a result. Really pumped for that. Speaking of innovation, our team has been speeding up already what they've been creating on your behalf. And since the last Tableau conference, we've added over 200 new capabilities to the platform. Are you ready? Are you ready to hear what our devs are working on now? All right, that's right. Let's not wait any longer. Here to tell you more about the future of the Tableau Analytics platform, please welcome our Chief Product Officer. There he is, Francois Aschenstadt. Awesome.
5: Oh, yeah,
2: that's what I call a moving entrance. Uh, Well, good morning, everyone, and I just want to first thank all of you for being here, for what you do every single day, and the incredible feedback that you give us in the development team. You know, how you use our product to, to drive impact with data, your creativity, and your passion, it inspires us to innovate even faster. So for that, thank you. Now, as Adam mentioned this morning, building a data data culture requires agility, proficiency, and community. And we see the right technology playing a vital role in helping you get there. There are three critical elements to accelerating analytics adoption. Trusted data, smart analytics, and relevant insights. So let's dig deeper. First, we need to make sure we can trust the data so we can trust the insights. In a data-driven organization, you need to know, is your data correct? Is it up to date? What does it mean? And where did it come from? Well, unfortunately, there is a big gap between the users that need the data and the data stewards that curate the data. The metadata and business glossary is disconnected from where the users are. And the governance model does not evolve as quickly as the user requirements do. And it requires specialists who have to understand databases and have special skills to curate the data. Well, in a self-service analytics world, we need self-service data management that is agile, flexible, and open, that carefully balances data governance with freedom, that gives you control while empowering people to ask and answer questions of data. Well, so our goal here is to democratize data management by integrating it directly into the flow of analysis. It'll give IT the visibility and the governance needed to understand what data is being used across the entire organization, and it'll give users the confidence that their decisions are based on the right data. So to show you how we're advancing our capabilities in self-service data management, please welcome Graham Britz to the stage. Graham?
5: Thank you, Francois. Thank you, Francois. And good morning, Tableau Conference. I'm Graham, and my job is to make it easier for all of you to find, prepare, manage, and understand when you're using trusted data. And that's why it's been so fun to help build and deliver the brand new Tableau catalog. We built it to be fully integrated into Tableau Server, online, and the rest of the platform so that everybody can benefit from it. Are you all ready to see it? All right. Here I am on Tableau Server. And with Catalog, you'll see this new external assets section. Go there, and you can see all the different databases, files, and tables in use across this organization and by how much. And Catalog tracks all of this automatically. No manual setup needed. But how do analysts know which of these assets are trustworthy? Here, we can see which ones are certified and which ones have a warning on them. Catalog adds data quality warnings as a new way to inform users about issues like deprecation, stale data, and and when things are under maintenance. Let's take a deeper look at this database. In here, we can see all the different tables people have used in it and by how popular they are. Let's look at this table. And on this table page, we can see all the different fields or columns in it, how much they've been used, and what they mean. When you give descriptions to your fields and columns, it helps everybody understand what this data means and what to use it for. Over here on the right is the Lineage tool. With the Lineage tool, you can see where your data is coming from and how it's getting used. So we're looking at a table called orders, and we can see it's coming from one database, but downstream, it's used by three different prep flows, 16 data sources, 192 workbooks in 578 different worksheets. This is an important table. So if you need to make a change to it, you might be a little worried about the impact. But with the lineage tool, you can assess the impact of changes to your data at a fine-grained level. So say you needed to modify how discounting is calculated. Watch what happens over on the right when I select discount. select and immediately see exactly which worksheets use Discount. Think about what just happened. Before having catalog, figuring this out would have required sifting through all of that content on your server. Now you can do it with just a click. And With important data changes like this, you might want to notify people about it. And some of you would probably do this by spamming everybody in your company. You know who you are. Well, not anymore, because you can see exactly who you should be reaching out to. And you can do it right from here, easy. With the Lineage tool, you've got powerful visibility and impact analysis with the communication tools you need in a way that's accessible for everybody. Now, one of the other unique things about Tableau Catalog is that because it's deeply integrated into the Tableau platform, the metadata and visibility it provides can help people across the board get better trust and context in their data. Take, for instance, when you're an end user looking at a dashboard like this one. As an end user, you don't often have the full context. So how do you know whether these things are trustworthy? How do you know if the data is up to date or using trusted data? Catalog adds this data details button to the top of every viz and dashboard. Click on it to get a bunch of extra context to evaluate their trustworthiness. So let's take a look. First thing I notice is that this workbook is made by Francois. I don't know if I should trust this one, guys. Sorry, Francois. But at the same time, I can see this is actually really popular. So if all of these other people find this to be useful, maybe I will too. And down here, I can see what data sources it relies on. I can see if they're fresh. And here I can see that this one's affected by a data quality warning. It looks like the data this dashboard uses is under maintenance. So I should take that into account before I make an important decision on this data. And at the bottom, I can see all of the fields that were used to construct this dashboard so that I can deeply understand what it's showing me. And I can click on any of these. And metadata from the catalog will flow all the way down so that end users like me can really understand what these fields are showing me. Data details gives end users the context they need to trust their data with confidence. We made Catalog to be open and extensible so that all of that metadata can flow to the other systems you use, too. With our open APIs, you can push information into the catalog and pull information out to use as you wish. And we have some great partners that are already taking advantage of these APIs to extend the value of Catalog even more. With Tableau Catalog, you have visibility into how your data is getting used, improved data discovery, and a better platform for communicating trusted data across the board. And it's available today. But Catalog is not all I have to share with you guys. Because the other half of self-service data management is all about helping you clean, shape, and curate your data so that it's ready for analysis and in that trusted state. And we built Tableau Prep Builder and Prep Conductor to make that easy and accessible. But you don't want to be forced to download your flow to your desktop every time you need to do some data cleaning. No, you want to do your data preparation wherever you are. Well, I'm pleased to announce that next year, we're bringing the full capabilities of Tableau Prep Builder to the browser. So here is a flow where I'm looking at different accommodation options for my up Euro trip. Let's take a look at it with Prep Builder in the browser. And since Builder in the browser has all of the same capabilities that it has on desktop, You even can use brand new features, like the R and Python support we just released. So in my flow, I used a Python script to augment my listing data with sentiment analysis. So I fed all the reviews with these listings over to a Python script and produced a sentiment score so I know which of these reviews are good and bad. So that's what I use Python for. But you can use R and Python support to leverage all of that advanced modeling you're already doing in your organizations right from Builder. And speaking of leveraging what you're already using, we know that you want to better utilize your existing database investments where you've already established central data governance and where you've got the flexibility to use your data for any use case from any application with ease. You've asked for more choice with where to put your data from Tableau, and we have listened. That's why I'm excited to announce that next year, we're adding Write to Database to Prep Builder. So when you add an output, you'll see this new Write to Database option. And from there, you can choose from one of your favorite connectors like... Snowflake, Oracle, or Redshift. Here, I've used a SQL Server connection. And then just pick your database name and your table name. And then you can choose to either create or update an existing table. Hit Run and Go. It's that easy to write to databases with PrepBuilder. (laughs) With Write to Database, PrepBuilder, in the browser, in Tableau Catalog, these things all work together to make data management even more self-service and to help create a data culture built on trusted data. Thank you, everybody. Back to you, Francois. Thank you so much, Graham. And
2: by the way, that dashboard is amazing. Everybody should use it. (laughs) Okay, maybe not. So as Graham was describing, not only do you need strong visibility and governance, but you also need all of this information to flow all the way down to the users. And new capabilities like catalog, write to database, and prep in the browser will really democratize data management for everyone. But the next thing we need to do is to make the software smart so it can remove some of the tedious work and bring you insights automatically. The software needs to work the way you think not the other way around. And people need to be able to easily analyze data no matter where they are in the organization, their skill level, or their role. And if you look at the stats that Adam mentioned this morning, only 8% of organizations are scaling analytics. 8%? I think we can do better than that. And as proud of we, as we are of the amazing innovations we've delivered with Tableau to make analytics easy, there's still so much more to do. Well, if you're going to have a data culture where everyone is working with data, technology needs to be more natural. It needs to be more powerful, and it needs to be more intuitive. And that's why we're infusing AI and machine learning at every single layer of our platform, because this will make Tableau easier to use than ever before, and it'll save you time By uncovering insights automatically. And we've made a lot of progress on this vision this past year. And so, to show you what's next, please welcome to the stage Samantha Kwok.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Hello. How's everyone doing today? Yeah. Good morning, my name is Samantha Kwok and I lead the engineering team for Ask Data. I'm so excited to tell you about what my team has been building. To show you the power of some of the latest capabilities, I've picked a data set from a recent US government program designed to boost the economy and reduce carbon emissions by encouraging people to trade in their old cars for newer, more fuel efficient ones. The program is called Cash for Clunkers. But did it actually work? Well, Ask Data can help us find out just that. As a quick recap from last year, let's start by asking how many cars were purchased as part of this program. Looks like there's over 670,000. Let's break this down by make and filter to just California. Notice how quickly I was able to ask a question and get a visual answer. Our initial release of Ask Data was fast and easy for anyone to get started. But we're always innovating and driving improvements. For example, if I want to look at another state, I can click on California and select, say, Alabama instead. But what if I want to focus on just the most popular makes? Well, now you can interact directly with the Viz. And in just two clicks, I can select and keep only the marks that I want to be focused on, and I can continue with my analysis. And now, if I want to look at this data for another state, I can also simply just ask Nevada instead. And the system automatically knows I want to replace Alabama. This is analysis at the speed of thought. With our latest innovations to ask data, it is even faster, easier, and it works seamlessly in the background, so your analysis is center stage. Now, back to the Cash for Clunkers program. I'm curious to know, what are the top five states by price of new cars? and I can easily see what's in the top five and what is below the top five. Hmm, Wyoming is the top state. Well, that's interesting, but I'll come back to that in a bit. Often with data analysis, you need to create new calculations. Previously, you would need to go back and add a calc to the underlying data model. Well, we've really up the horsepower of ask data, pun intended, with time-based calculations. Are you ready? With this next question, I invite you to think about growth and how often you might want to ask about annual growth at the program, monthly users, or daily growth of sales. OK, so it's figured out I'm looking for the day over day difference in number of sales. And bam, right there, it created a complex table calc from a simple Question. It's, po- it's pretty cool. This is powerful yet easy. Let's explore the environmental impact of the program. I want to know what, is, what state had the biggest fuel efficiency improvements. And to do that, I need to calculate the difference between the new cars MPG versus the trade-in cars MPG by state. With ask data, you can compute calculations on the fly. And it looks like Montana has improved the most in terms of field efficiency. Way to go, Montana. We've also made sharing easier. And I can share this great insight with all my colleagues from Montana with this new share link option. We've also enabled you to bring Ask Data anywhere. With this new embed button, you can bring Ask Data into your organization's web, uh, into your organization's portal, or in any web page. And since Ask Data is directly integrated into Tableau Server and Online, you can bring all of your questions and insights into a single workbook and create alerts, subscriptions, or continue with the full power of web authoring. Within just a few minutes, we went from a blank canvas to discovering interesting insights just by asking questions in plain language. That is the power and magic of Ask Data. So we've discovered some interesting insights. But are we done? No. This is really where the tough part begins understanding the story behind the data. Why are prices higher in Wyoming? Why did Montana improve the most? I'm pretty proficient with analysis in Tableau, but if I need to go beyond descriptive analysis with deeper statistical modeling, this is when I bring in the big guns, the data scientists. But what if I can arm myself with some of that expertise? In order to build a data culture we have to empower more analysts to do what was traditionally only in the realm of data scientists. And to power you up, I'm extremely excited to introduce Explain Data. So I've taken some of our questions from the Cash for Clunkers program and built out this dashboard. If you recall, Wyoming had the highest prices. But why? Previously, I would need to go back and look at every dimension one by one. Well, now you can see there's a new tooltip option for explain data. And as soon as I click, there are dozens of Bayesian machine learning models running, looking at every dimension and measure. And just like that, it's already finished crunching all that data and found possible explanations. On the left, Wyoming's higher prices could be explained by vehicle type, trade in vehicle type, rebate, or MPG. Let's take a closer look at vehicle type. Explained data also creates vizs with natural language descriptions to help me see and understand the explanations. In this viz on the right, I can see that Wyoming, represented by the blue bars, has a much higher percentage of truck sales compared to all of the other states, which is represented by the gray bars, whereas the opposite is true for passenger cars. When I scroll down, I also have another vis that confirms that trucks are more expensive than cars. These are not static vizes. I can click on this icon in the corner and open this up into a new sheet, and I can continue with my analysis. And now I can see Wyoming's higher prices is driven by its love for expensive trucks. In just seconds, I've gone from the what to the why. This is going to be a game changer. Now, going back to the dashboard, explain data works on all of your data. Over here on the right, I have a scatter plot showing the MPG of the new car versus the trade-in car. And there's a clear outlier with Montana. So apparently, Montana is way more fuel-efficient than anywhere else, right? Let's take a look at what could be driving this with explained data. Explained data can generate different types of explanations. And in this case, it's looked through the entire data set, every single dimension and measure, and found a single extreme value Just one sale. Someone from Montana has purchased a Ford truck with an MPG of 6,500? Either Ford has designed an insanely fuel-efficient truck, or there is a data entry error. And now I want to know what Montana would look like without this data error. Well, Explain Data has tested that scenario automatically for me. Let's take a look. And now I can see Montana's right in the middle of the pack without that data error. And I can easily include it again or exclude it again. Statistical analysis for everyone in just seconds. How freaking awesome is that? (laughs) This is explained data. A powerful, AI-driven engine built into Tableau to help you go from the what happened to why it happened faster than ever before. Thank you.
2: And yes, Samantha, that was freaking awesome. So with capabilities like Ask Data and now Explain Data, not only can you have a conversation with your data, but you can also find meaningful insights you'd otherwise miss. Now, we've talked about trust, and we've talked about how we're making analytics smarter with AI and machine learning. But to drive a culture change, we believe that people need to find ways to share, engage, and have conversations with data no matter where they are. We need to make sure that everyone can get the insights they need, when and where they need it, so they can get their jobs done. And if the insights aren't relevant, then data will never become a daily habit. And if you think about our daily lives, the applications that we use every single day, from Spotify or Amazon or even your phone, everything, everything is tailored and personalized for you based on your preferences, your habits. And it's continuously improving with machine learning based on the behavior and the activities of of other people like you. Well, we want to bring the same approach to Tableau so that everyone has the most relevant information front and center. Your entire Tableau experience is going to become more personal, more relevant, so you can get the data and the insights you care about as quickly as possible. And that's why we are reimagining all of the ways to make data a daily habit. And so, to show you our latest capabilities, please welcome Anne Ho. Anne?
4: Hi, everyone. I'm a product manager for Tableau Server and Tableau Online. So you make me look good when you use Tableau to analyze and share all your data. But I admit, the more content you create, the harder it can be to find the right data. And that doesn't help when you need to get it quickly. Like when it's 7.30 a.m. and you need to pull your data for a meeting. You just need to get to it. That's why earlier this year, we released a feature called Home. Home is a personalized landing page where you can find your favorites or pick up where you left off with your recently used visits. Now, having one place to go to to get the things that you use most often is great, but some of you have hundreds, thousands of workbooks on your servers. With all that data out there, what about the valuable dashboards you don't even know about yet? Imagine if Tableau could tell you what's important and where to find it. Kind of like how Netflix suggests TV shows and movies. Well now, we do it for data. We've got a new feature that's powered by machine learning called View Recommendations. We show you trending items so you don't feel left out on what other people are using. We also give you personalized suggestions. These are based on algorithms that look at your usage patterns, what you have access to, and what people like you are using. Here's one that was suggested to me on UFO sightings. So you guys don't know me, but I am afraid of aliens. Seriously. So I'm always, looking at, I'm always looking at alien data, and Tableau suggested this to me. It looks like Samantha and Graham have been using it. The Tableau engine knows that we're in the same group. We've been working together, getting ready for TC, and using a lot of similar data on this site. But this is a dashboard they haven't shared with me yet. Let's take a look. Okay, so there are maps and seasonal trends. I can use this. I can see where and when UFOs have been seen. But what I really care about is how many UFO sightings there are. I mean, you could tell me if there's an alien invasion coming. You guys laugh, but that's a KPI I'd want to monitor. And it's going to be even easier for you to get to your key numbers with our new feature, introducing metrics. Let me show you how to make one right from a dashboard in just a few clicks. I'm going to start with this new metrics button in the Viz toolbar. Now I can pick data from my dashboard that I want to track. So I'm going to pick daily UFO sightings. Over here on the right, Tableau figured out what I clicked on. It's got the definition of the measure and the time dimension. So I can just give it a new name. and create. I'm done. I can stay here and make some more metrics from my dashboard, or let's check this one out. Folks, there's my metric. Tableau pulled out the current value in the top left corner, visualized the data, and is going to keep that metric updated in the background. But this is just one metric. I could be tracking lots of alien data. Think about how many dashboards you check every day. You could create metrics from all of them. I already did. With metrics, you can see your critical KPIs all together at a glance. (laughs) Metrics are like headlines for your data. But you know when they're even more valuable? When they're with you, when you're on the go. Let's take a closer look at metrics on Tableau Mobile. Just like in the browser, you get these great metric cards. You also get list view. And because Tableau is keeping your data up to date, when you open the app, you always get the latest data right on the metric. Now, for some of your data, it's not just about what the number is right now. What also matters is how it's changing. So from here, I can tap on any metric value to quickly switch between the current amount, the difference from yesterday, oops, oh, too much coffee this morning, and the percent changed. All right, now let's open a metric and take a look. I can scrub back and forth on this timeline, and it is fast and responsive. I can pick a day, see how many sightings there were, or I can check out the peaks and valleys. Like, what's this spike here? Lots of UFO sightings on the 4th of July. Yeah, I might want to see if there were reasons for lights in the sky that day. But looking at this recent data, this upward trend, I don't know if this is something I should worry about or if maybe there are just a lot of reported sightings after Halloween. With this option down here for adjust and compare, I've got the flexibility to find out if this is just a normal trend or if it's something that I need to take action on. So I'll pick the last 30 days for the date range and 52 weeks last year for the comparison period.
8: I want to see a comparison
4: line for last year. Do you guys want to see it? Let's do it. And save. Tableau adjusted the timeline and automatically did the math to show year-over-year differences. There's that blue line showing me recent data, and there's my gray comparison line showing me last year's trend. And it does look like a lot more UFOs this year than last year. Okay, let's get real for a minute. I know you don't run your businesses off of UFO data. You do have things like marketing, sales, inventory levels, site analytics, lots of data, and critical KPIs you need to stay on top of. With features like view recommendations and metrics, Tableau helps you navigate your data and delivers it to you where and when you need it. Thank you.
2: All right. Thank you, Anne. There will be no UFO sightings at this conference, maybe, tomorrow, uh, maybe at the party. So today we've talked about how we're bringing self-service data management to everyone with Catalog and Tableau Prep, how we're making analytics easier with smart capabilities with Ask Data and Explain Data, and how we're making analytics more relevant with view recommendations and metrics. And we've shown you a glimpse into our roadmap. And of course, tomorrow, you won't want to miss devs on stage. It is going to be amazing to get to see what our devs have been working on. And there's lots of features that you've been waiting for for a long, long time that are going to be shown tomorrow, and a few surprises that I think you'll really like. It's going to be a dynamic presentation. So thank you for joining us this morning. We have a great conference plan for you. We've got more than 400 sessions to help you learn, share insights, and get inspired. You should stop by the Data Village to meet our devs, talk to our partners, and get a Blueprint assessment. And of course, you should go attend Liza Mundy's session to learn more about the Code Girl story that Adam shared. It was truly incredible. You won't want to check it. You will definitely want to check it out. And with that, thank you and have a great conference.
1: Really get their lives started the right way
0: that's so amazing and then um, Nissan oh my yeah. goodness she was amazing yeah
1: you know Anya made that point about that data point is a person that data points a story and you know it's exciting those, those Nissan data points those are safer cars those are you know it's something we're all interacting with every day it's really exciting to see them using data to drive so much innovation in that space
0: I, I totally agree I just, um, I cannot believe how much we still have uh, at Tableau Conference. Like, we are just getting started. So we've got, um, just on TC Live, for those of you who are joining us um, virtually, we've got 11 breakout sessions, 7 TC conversations, a ton of uh, great content in between. Of course, we have Iron Biz this afternoon, which is the greatest uh, part of TC as far as I'm concerned. much fun coming to you live um, from iron biz um, and we'll be back tonight so but join the conversation hashtag data 19 at tableau um, and let us know what you think thank you signing off from tableau keynote we hope you enjoyed it i really enjoyed it this is a blast this All is, right. is great we'll see you guys later today Talk enjoy to the rest already. of the day